was told you were coming. So, who do you kill for fun around? If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too yeah, much. Baby. She's not angel anymore. I'm back. Jeez. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. You like again. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Boom. Ta-da. This is Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. He's the motherfucking T-Rex. Oh, God damn it. I hate that nickname. <laughs> it's... Come up with something more original, for fuck's sake. I will not. I will torture you forever with childish shit. Uh, so, it's another day, another dollar. Groundhog Day has come and gone. We're supposedly going to get early spring. The groundhog did, in fact, not see his shadow. Uh, we've seen several anniversaries also come and go. Sonic the Hedgehog 3 was released 25 years ago, as of Groundhog Day. Oh, really? Yes. Um, you know, they couldn't find another holiday about a rodent. <laughs> so, uh, well chosen, they went with Groundhog Day. Uh, I guess that works. Well done. You know, hedgehogs, foxes, echidnas, it's all the same, really. Also, today was the 25th anniversary of Ace Ventura 1. Oh, shit. Yeah. What year did you say? I think it was its 25th anniversary, so it was 94. Fuck, we're old. <laughs> so, yeah, Ace Ventura didn't exactly age very well. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I mean, the ending is extraordinarily transphobic and embarrassing oh. to watch and go, hmm, I used to agree with that and think it was funny because that was just normal. And now it's cringeworthy on a tenfold nice guy Xander level. Oh, God, yeah. Yep, uh, we're we're currently out of our deep freeze, our sub-zero fucking temperatures, and I didn't get to make the joke the joke last week. Don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. What is this Miami Beach? <laughs> Not hardly. So we have a surprise segment for you today. Fred's <sighs> messages. That's right. We fucking did it. <laughs> <laughs> we have a phone number and a voicemail. And of course, as predicted, oh god! The only person to make any fucking phone calls to us was our best fan, Fred. So we present to you today <laughs> the segment of Fred's messages. Here, go ahead and listen to some of Fred's messages. Josh, CF, why am I listening? Is it just because you're talking about Buffy? Is it because of the uh, YouTube abusing each other verbally? Yeah. Yes. Thank you for wasting our time. Rex, you just need to get over the number, okay? It's not that tough. You just break down sections, you know? Five, 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 six, seven, eight, nine, one, eight, hundred, the doctor. There, take the jingle. Allison Hannigan was by far my first, like, real TV crush. I, I don't know what it was about her, but there was just, I mean, from the first episode I saw her, and I was just like, who is that? And I, I think my the testicle dropped it. Um... Congrats, Josh, on having a kid named after you. I mean, I know you're a little worried that the kid's name is Josh, but there's worse things that you could be called. I mean, like Kyle or Chad. I think I've only met one non-douchey Kyle in my entire life. Okay, Uncle Phil is the only, he is the one and true shredder. 
I know a lot of people like the original Shredder from like the original live action movie, but no. Uncle Phil is Shredder. Get the voice right or don't you do it again. How do you know anything? I lurk. I'm a lurker. Yeah, Josh. I believe that. I see you as a lurker. I feel like you, you would be a pro lurker. Like if there was a pro league of lurkers, you would be the lurkiest of lurkers. Rex, uh, how did the poo smearing party go? I carbo-loaded as much as I could because I wanted to help, but a thing came up and I, I wasn't able to, to get there. I just hope your new apartment is just covered in shit. In uh, one of the episodes, you were also bad-mouthing the brooding. Fun fact about David Boreanaz, the primary reason he got into acting was he was walking through the streets of L.A. looking like David Boreanaz, which is almost 90% brooding. Wow. <laughs> so, Fred, glad Why you're... did we agree to this? <laughs> Why are we watching this? <laughs> so, we... <laughs> we've decided on a couple of, uh, couple of things to respond to here, Fred. <clears throat> so, your first one, uh, you're watching because we abuse each other verbally, and thank you for wasting our time. No, thank you. For letting us waste your time, Fred. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> the number jingle. Fred, how fucking dare you? Shit just got serious. How fucking dare you give Josh that awful idea? <laughs> God damn it. No. Five, five, five. Six, eight, seven, nine, ten. If if Josh hasn't already fucking messaged Ben about it, he probably will after this recording. The Fuck you, Fred. Oh, yeah. Fred's gold, more like it. So, you think Willow's hot? Well, congratulations, you fucking exist. I'm glad we could be a part of your welcoming to manhood. I can't believe you told us that your ball dropped on a fucking... On a voicemail that you knew was going to get broadcasted over the internet. You brought this on yourself. So, I don't really think of Willow as hot, though. She's more cute. Yeah, it was really mostly the Halloween episode where she was hot. Oh, yeah. She was definitely hot in the Halloween episode. Yeah. And that's the episode he's responding to in no. these messages is 206. Right. Next. Thank you for the congratulations on a child being named after me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It could have been worse. So maybe you've never met a Kyle that wasn't a complete douchebag, but I have family named Kyle, so I'm just gonna keep that one on the down low. I I know I know a Chad who's a pretty good, pretty cool guy. <laughs> I bet you do, Rex. No, he. I went to school with him. He's a pretty cool guy. I'll take your word for it. So, uh, wh why are you hating on all the other all, all the other shredders, Fred? I'm on Team Fred. <laughs> Fuck you, Josh. What is your infatuation with <laughs> Uncle Phil Shredder? It there's something Vader-esque with Uncle Phil Shredder. No, there's one quote that comes to mind when I think of Uncle Phil Shredder. There's an episode where he comes up out of the ground in his big underground drill thing, and he's got Bebop and Rocksteady in there, and all you can see is the external of the ship, and you hear him say That's the last time I let you sit on my lap and drive, Bebop. <laughs> What? I was like, what just happened? But that's an actual quote. Really? Yes. From the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon from the 80s. God, I barely remember that fucking cartoon. And I watched it religiously. Yep. So I, I never could watch it religiously because we didn't have cable. 
And also, I just, I didn't know about TV Guide. I could never figure out what time shit was on regularly. <laughs> anyway, so you see me as a lurker. I could be a pro lurker. You know, at least somebody believes in me. <laughs> That's a difficult thing to find these days. <laughs> no one believes in you. And now I need to go find a website where I can make a login and name myself the lurkiest of lurkers. I'm not going to use it on any websites I actually use. Oh, God. <laughs> But, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll get on FetLife or something as the lurkiest of lurkers. Um, <laughs> next message. I'm glad that this... I don't remember this joke. I'm glad this party never happened. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, we, we appreciate your enthusiasm <laughs> with the wanting to load up on carbs. I mean, that's just Tuesday for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, I wish I could do the earnest you, <laughs> I, but I can't. Eh, 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 something like that. Yeah, that's like close. That. I can't. I can't duplicate it. Uh, it's no. I Jim Varney is a god among men. Very much so, and a saint now that he's dead. But that man was a childhood fucking hero of mine. Fuck yeah, God rest his soul. Anyway, before we get too dark, moving on. Yeah. Um, how dare you badmouth my badmouthing of the brooding of Angel. God damn it, Fred. Don't you know how broody I am? Here's the thing, though. I'm so fucking broody that I can't brood enough I about the brooding. It's just it. too broody. Fred, I need to brood. <laughs> And scene. I had things to say, but I'm just gonna let it leave it. Let us leave it at that. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to hear what you had to say, Rex. I don't remember now. <laughs> so that's all I have to say about that. Only ninety percent brooding, Fred. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I see your 90% and I raise you a go fuck yourself. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something here. Huh? Well, now that we've already given you way too much spotlight, Josh, how about a little more spotlight and how about a mom synopsis? <laughs> We've given Fred way too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Joshua! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you can't leave the house. It's still pandemonium. Actually, no, the <laughs> snowmageddon's over, Mom. But there's supposed to be an ice storm tonight. That was actually a pretty good movie. I never saw it. I'm not surprised. What about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> well, that's the first sane question I've heard you ask me today, Mom. <laughs> What's going on? Why is that man blue? And why does he look just like Erasmus the vampire from episode two? <laughs> God damn it, I wanted to make that joke. <laughs> well, gee, I don't know, Mom. I guess they just couldn't hold their goddamn load about putting the judge together this episode. I thought, you know, maybe they'd at least wait until the next episode. Yeah. Um... <laughs> 
wow, this is a really long scene with Buffy and Angel standing in front of a ship talking about nothing in particular. You're not wrong. (laughs) Why are they doing that? They're in love, Mom. Something you wouldn't know anything about. (laughs) Stomp, 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 stomp. I'm ready to move on to the episode. Yeah, let's uh, get to this craptastic episode. <laughs> to the brooding. <laughs> oh. Craptastic, huh? Yeah. All right. So, opening scene. Duh, bronze. Hold, hold that thought, though. Dream bronze. Um, we didn't say that we are reviewing season two, episode 13, Surprise. Oh, shit. Yeah, totally missed out on yeah. that. You fucked up your one job. I did. You had one I, job, Josh. I had one job. <laughs> Only I could prevent forest fires. Yep. So, yeah, we open up on Buffy is dreaming, and she ends up in the bronze and her BJs. Uh-huh. And it's her birthday. Willow has a monkey and speaks in tongues. I think it's supposed to be French. Oh, okay. I'll take your word for it. Joyce manages to be condescending even in a dream. <laughs> You know, your dreams are shaped by your reality. True. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. I'm just throwing it out there. And also, she's fucking awful at holding onto plates. Yeah. Like, okay, I can see dropping the saucer while you're holding a coffee mug over it. Like, I can see how that could get fumbly. But when she drops it later, it's just like, oh, I didn't like this plate anymore. No, no. It was in the script. (laughs) (laughs) fuck this plate (laughs) and drop plate was that good joss is this thing on is this thing on hey joss okay uh (laughs) did you have anything more to say about this opening uh not really it ends with drusilla killing angel yeah he dusts in probably one of the best dust effects we've had yet it was a very nice dust effect yeah, I, oh man, um, the like the Michelangelo yeah. god depiction kind of excellent s- moment there. But yeah, and then she wakes up. Opening sequence. The opening sequence. So Buffy runs straight to Angel to be like, oh my god, are you dead? And he's standing in front of her and she's like, oh my god, are you dead? And he's like, uh, no, I'm not. First off. Well, he is a little dead. First off. Well, no, he <laughs> is dead. He's very dead. First off. Why does he just open his door with his shirt off (laughs) and then proceeds to walk across the apartment and then puts a shirt on? (laughs) It's like you couldn't have grabbed the shirt and put it on when you walked up to the door. I mean, he didn't answer the door as if he knew it was Buffy. I've always been uh, jealous of guys that are, you know, shirtless material. I've never looked particularly good with a shirt off. And if once I, in my life, if I could look like that with a shirt off, I would fucking never wear one. So I how dare wish you? I could disagree with you, but I can't. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also, maybe he looked through the through the peephole and he was like, oh, it's Buffy and just rips oh, his shirt yeah. off. It's like, you know what? <laughs> That's my headcanon. That, that works. What's up, Buffy? I was just hanging out in here without a shirt on because doing you know, some push ups because I'm um, sit ups because I'm dead and cold. <laughs> And broody. Look at my muscles. God damn it, Buffy. Do you know how broody I am? He's He's not broody yet. He's He's actually like in a good mood. He's always broody. Fred wasn't wrong, okay? Yeah, true. Anyway. um, So Uh, I got got a quote of the day. So 
Angel's asking her what else she dreamed about so he can discredit her dream about him dying. And she's like, I dreamed that Giles and I opened an office supply warehouse in Vegas. That was it. Yeah. I just thought it that he, was that was an interesting choice of He does that thing that entre- is really annoying where he basically distracts her mid sentence by kissing her. Oh right. First it off totally worked. It worked in, in this show, yeah, but that does not work in real life. <laughs> I mean Okay, okay. I'm, maybe it might work on a seventeen year old girl. I, I was I was like, I'm gonna try to disprove that. It might work on a 17-year-old girl. They're, now they're, that I they're think probably of it. just like, uh-uh, okay, no. Um, so now I'm, you're never going to see me again. I have an 18-year-old sister who is way too fucking boy crazy, and it's weird. She recently had a boyfriend, and just the way she is about the boys that she's into is weird and unsettling, and I can totally see... It working where if one of them kissed her mid-sentence, she'd just shut the fuck up. I'll take your word for it. Anyway. <laughs> so we go to school. Yep. And this is actually broken up into a couple of mini scenes. Uh, first, we have Buffy and Willow. Buffy is telling her about the dream. Oh, yeah. She's like, he wants to see you at bedtime? God, she's so fucking innocent. She and is. God, the subtext in like the last scene... <laughs> But in which, by the way, they made out for like a solid three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I timed it. Like, if they hadn't interrupted it so many times, I was going to have a whole rundown over it. This whole bit between Willow and Buffy is that Buffy literally telling Willow that she plans to sleep with Angel. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. That's exactly. the whole thing. But they never come out and even nope. get close to saying it. But that's the subtext. They, d- they don't go full on American Pie or anything <laughs> like that. Like, there is a fucking elephant running around this school like a bull in a goddamn china shop. Yeah. It's blue and pink <laughs> and sticky and sounds like macaroni and cheese. Sounds macaroni. No! Stop it! Stop it! I'm gonna throw shit at you. Mm, that's good macaroni and cheese. Ow! <laughs> my pen. That's, no. That is now my pen. God damn it. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you has a wind. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. Um, all right. Okay. Oz asks uh, Willow out. Yeah. Which is excellent the because... The cutest fucking scene ever. Yeah, they love doing the uh, the flip ask out technique because it, we, it was like Willow was going to ask him out, but she no, just no, no. kind of stands there awkwardly. This is one of my quotes of the day. Sure. So she comes up. She's talking to him about band practice and whatnot. Yeah. And he says, you know, I'm... I'm One ask- time at band camp? <laughs> God damn it. We're not going there. We're not going into American Pie. Oh. He says, just so you know, I'm going to ask you out. And she says, you know, just so you know, I'm going to say yes. And so then he asks her out. And she goes, oh, I can't. <laughs> and then she says no. Well, she doesn't say says, no. And then he says, well, I like that you're unpredictable. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and then when she walks away... I could not have seen it coming. The look on his face was so sincere. I missed it. it I was looking at her face. Oh my god, the look on his face was like 
oh my god, I fucking love that girl. You can see it in his eyebrows. Um, ah, oh, I'm. I gotta. I'm. After we're done recording, I'm gonna have to go back and fucking rewatch that. It's I, good. It, uh, Seth Green. Oh, uh, the, dude, the chemistry between these two actors is just some of the best fucking on-screen chemistry. It was. It was fantastic. Amazing. Like that that one minute scene blew every single Buffy and Angel scene out of the water. Oh, God, yes. Out of the fucking water. But yeah, she invites Oz to Buffy's surprise party, which is why she can't go on a date with Oz. Yes. And so she invites him to be her date, and as she's walking away, she's like, I said date. And she has the (laughs) biggest goddamn joyous grin on her face I've ever seen. Yeah. And it is just... They both pull off such genuineness. They're both in this. so happy. Yeah. Yeah. They're so fucking cute. It is really fucking cute. It's too cute. And then to counteract the cute, we get Cordy and Xander. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Xander, you're not suave. <laughs> <laughs> so Cordelia is like, well, of course you want to brag about it. You've got nothing to be ashamed of. I, on the other hand, have everything to be ashamed of. And it just. Damn. Xander was kind of off of his clever game yeah. this episode, but he was trying so hard. I think his response was something like, oh, sorry, that must have been my multiple personality talking. I call him Idiot Jed, glutton for punishment. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's not that clever. That wasn't clever at all, really. It was just kind of words. I think, I think he cares too fucking much, which is why he can't be clever yeah. about it. Like, he actually, like, he's legitimately hurt that she doesn't really want anything to do with him. Way to fit it into canon, because I just chalked it up to bad writing. But I like that better. We're going with that. So we cut straight to Giles asking Xander if the party preparations are ready. We get just a little bit of snippet of really creepy Xander here. Yeah, we do. Because Buffy walks up. They stop talking about the party. Buffy walks up and... Before that, uh, just Xander's response to Giles was, Absolutely! You ready to get down, you funky party weasel? And I'm like, okay, so you have an unusual relationship with this particular librarian, but you're still getting way too comfy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you were but saying... But yeah, he, he says... Buffy walks up and he says, Hey, are you ready for... Surprise birth or early birthday spankings? Oh yeah, it's, yeah, something about giving her a spanking, and I was like, "Ooh, Ixnay, shut the fuck up!" And Miss Miss Calendar is right there, and she's like, "Don't, don't even fucking try that." Shuts him down. Calendar yeah. and Giles both shut him down pretty in yeah. pretty short order here. Well, because if he even fucking tried it, Buffy would put his ass six feet underground, <laughs> <laughs> or at least hobble him. Yeah, yeah. How has Giles not just outright slapped Xander yet? Especially because, and I didn't write down all of what what Giles said here, but he, in a very long-winded way, uh, says something. And Xander is like, again, so many words. Couldn't you just say we'd be in trouble? Yeah. And, and that was when he's like, Xander, go to class. Yeah. And Xander gets up and he's like, gone. Or going and see how precise and succinct yeah. I am with my words and stuff. Shut up. All right. We, lo- we love you, Nikki Brendan, but you played your character a little too well. He's Xander in this episode is a bit 
too much of an asshat. He, he's trying too hard. And yeah. I, I can't tell if it was supposed to be received better than I'm perceiving it. Like, and were how, they trying to overplay no him? Is it supposed to make us go, oh, he's acting out because he's got some underlying anxiety? Or were they just trying to make him more likable and failing? I kind of failing? feel like it. I kind like... The characterization would track to me that it it's his his it's Xander as a character acting out because he's hurting over the Cordelia shit. And I I would like to think that it is a very subtle way that they're portraying this this conflict with the character. Oh yeah, I forgot so quickly that he had just had that shitty interaction with Cordelia. Yeah. So he run, of course runs and shits all over all of his friends. And you know, that tracks for how Xander deals with things. Absolutely. Well, that tracks for how far mm. too many people legitimately deal with things. Yeah. So, fair enough. It's social commentary. Next scene, Nerd, Van- Nerd Vamp is back. Yeah. Asshat Nerd Vamp. Asshat Nerd Vamp. <laughs> we missed you. <laughs> Not really. I mean, <laughs> he needs some friends, Rex. Uh, no, he doesn't. You can be his friend. I don't want... No. I'm going to go over here now. And- but... We have a podcast to do. Yeah, well, you know, I meant metaphorically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the dynamic between uh, Drew and Spike is very different from th- pretty much this point on, as far as I can tell. I don't like the dynamic, the new dynamic no. very much. No, that's um, that's obviously what they were going for. Oh, Drew's the strong one and Spike's the weak one now. Yeah. Okay, I I like that concept. But, Execution, however. Yeah. But they're planning a party and Drew walks up to some flowers and she's like these flowers are all wrong and tears apart these flowers. She flips out on the flowers. Did you notice her arms not cut up at all? No, 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 no. no. Woman has some guns, dude. Really? Yeah, like the muscle definition in her in her shoulders and arms. Even though she's a really skinny woman, uh-huh. like she's got some fucking muscle on her. Really? And when she was tearing up the fucking roses and shit, it like her arms were flexing. It was kind of impressive. I didn't notice that. All I could think was, well, I just kept cringing because it was like, ah, all those fucking prickers, all <laughs> right? the all the thorns. They're vampires. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> It's fine. She likes the pain. Right. They're weird like that. Hey, got your steak. Steak. Hey, got your steak. 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 Yeah, this is apparently supposed to be the last party. So Spike's being all whiny and mopey. And I, at least there's a little bit of an excuse to it this time. Because yeah. the last time he was being whiny and mopey and a little too much like the master... Was just out of nowhere, and oh, I'm so defeated. The thing is, though, his viewpoint is honestly pretty fucking valid. His entire point is like, why don't we just fucking leave Sunnydale? Fuck this place. Yeah, why does he gotta go kill the Slayer? She's not leaving Sunnydale. Yeah, like, fuck this and go away. And that's that's what he wants to do. Well, it's a matter of pride, but what I don't understand is, how do you live as long as Spike and barge in with such confidence without having enough experience and strength against adversity to have a couple of failures and not 
get all mopey about it. I don't like he's he started out as such a better villain than that. Well, you're not wrong, definitely. Um, I think being maimed is part of that. Yeah, sure. Because I could I could see that really fucking up his stride. Yeah, you know he's he's never been beaten this badly. He's got great posture. Like not being able to walk around for Spike is definitely a huge blow to the ego. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I could kind of see that. I mean, I thought vampires had a little better healing power than that, but okay. Yeah. We're gonna let's not even fucking touch on that <laughs> fucking stupid ass subject. Yeah, but I could understand. Spike is a smart enough guy that. It tracks to me that he would be like, no, you know what? Fuck this shit. Let's go away till I'm healed. Right. And then I'll fucking come back and kill the Slayer. I mean, but I think he needs to keep his grip on the coven because they are a resource to him. Yeah, true enough. And if he if he leaves, there will be a power vacuum and he'll just have to overthrow it again, which, I mean, probably wouldn't be that difficult. Anyway, so Drew wants to look inside one of the gift boxes, and it's yep. it's foreboding. She's like, "Oh, it's gonna be the last party ever." Yep, booga booga booga. Um, <sighs> it's kind of lame. Drew as the like the head villain doesn't work. Does not work. No, she needs to be crazy. Buffy's house. Yeah, so Buffy comes down trying to convince her mom that she should get a driver's license because she's seventeen, mm-hmm. and. Buffy's mom says, do you really think you're ready, Buffy? And drops the plate, which is just like in the just dream. Just like her dream. Yep. So that tells her that the dream was actually p- prophetic. They cut straight from that to the library, or no, to uh, to the computer room with yep. Calendar before we talk about the dream later. And we get to meet Uncle Enos. Is that his name? I, yeah, I, lo- I actually looked it up because okay. I, I wanted to make sure I got this dude's, the actor's name right. Okay, because yeah. this guy, uh, Vincent Chevelli, yes, is like one of the great fucking character actors of the nineties. He is like holy shit! I love this dude. I remember him mostly in his, from his role in Ghost. Yeah, he was in Ghost. He, dude, his his filmography is huge. I didn't realize he died in two thousand and five. Yeah, it's shitty. Thirteen fucking years ago. Yeah. I did not know that. But yeah, he... Oh, man, he... Great fucking character actor. Nails this character. And... I thought the Russian accent was a bit forced. And honestly, several... There were several lines. Not just him, but Calendar, Buffy, Drew, Spike. Like, fucking everybody had at least one line in this episode where they were fucking chewing on cotton balls. And I could not understand what the fuck they were saying. And it just... And he had one of those lines. He said something about the elder woman has been... Something is different. I, it sounded to me like yep. the, the elder woman has been eating sides. That's what it sounded like. But that's obviously not Seeing what he said. Seeing signs. Seeing signs. See, Seeing I, signs. I re-listened to that like 15 times and I didn't get I, that. I caught it. Good Maybe for you. Open your ears. You're so special, Rex. I am. <laughs> You're a motherfucking T-Rex. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but we have dude we have his quote in the fucking opening music of this yes we fucking do show oh my god i felt it coming just a moment before he said yes. it and i was like 
It's that quote. Yep. Yes. It's, oh, and it's fantastic. But this is when we learn that Miss Calendar, that's not actually her fucking name. Mm-hmm. I didn't write down her actual name. Yana of the Calderash people. Yeah. Not to be confused with Yanni the Yanitor. <laughs> it's Yana the, the computer teacher. <laughs> exactly. She is Yana. The Calderdash. No, uh, so this is when we learn that she's one of the gypsies that part of the tribe of gypsies, or uh, clan of gypsies? The gypsies. Family of gypsies. The gypsies. Yeah. The uh, cursed angel. Yeah, that cursed angel. And she, her uncle is super upset because angel is not broody enough. You're not nearly <laughs> broody enough, Miss Calendar. God damn it. Oh, uh, let's see. Then we go to the library. Well, so he he tells her that oh, she right. needs to go. Uh, she needs to make sure that um, Buffy breaks up with Angel. However, yep. she has to do it. And uh, <laughs> I loved that they, when he says, don't forget who you are, <laughs> a gypsy. They literally cued the dun 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 music. I, I mean, it wasn't quite that dramatic, but it was pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and then from there we go to the library. The library. Buffy's wigging out over the plate with her mom thing. Yep. Giles tells her he's going to research Drusilla to find out anything more that he can. Willow and Xander come in. They're super happy. About the party. And then they're like, oh, fuck, we have to cancel it because Buffy's sad, I guess. So they set up a plan that Buffy's going to come back to the library at such and such time and she leaves and Xander's is like oh man I was so looking forward to the party and Giles is like no we're having a fucking party oh we're fucking doing this (laughs) (laughs) and I wrote down uh, Xander's line here says looks like Mr. Caution Man but the sound he makes is funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh. No, and his point is super fucking valid. And he's like, I've lived on the Hellmouth long enough to know that we got to fucking do it now. Otherwise, when are we ever going to get a chance? Yeah. And that's good growth. Giles, yes. is, Giles is really coming out of his shell. Really blooming. Yeah. As the British flower that he is. Absolutely. So on to the next scene, the school, still, but later at night, as Buffy is coming to meet at the library. Miss Calendar approaches Buffy with questionable and motivation. This is a huge red herring. Yeah. I I was I literally wrote down, fuck you, Miss Calendar, what the fuck are you doing? Because <laughs> I thought she was like leading Buffy to a trap or something. Yeah, well that's what I subversion, that's what they wanted you to think. But I was like, wait, no, it's just part of the surprise party. Surprise! That's the name of the episode. Surprise! Yep. So, hey. Miss Calendar is driving her to the bronze. They run into uh, Asshat Nerd Vamp. Yeah. And he's stealing an arm. <laughs> A box. Excuse we me. don't know there's an arm in it yet. Anyway, she fucks it's up. It's an arm. She fucks up the vampires. That- she gets an arm. Yeah, well, and and the whole Scooby Gang is hanging out. It's, was it the Bronze? It looked like the Bronze. It was the Bronze. 
did they? I guess they rented out the whole bronze, Apparently. or they broke in while they were closed. And then Buffy, with the vampire, goes through the window uh-huh. that she had broken o- broken open when she killed Erasmus. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually Luke. For, yes, for those of you who may or may not have listened to episode two of Beer with Buffy. <laughs> Um, he will always be Erasmus in my mind. He is, in fact, Erasmus. But for those of you who are more familiar with him as Luke, or that Arnold Schwarzenegger-looking motherfucker. <laughs> he is unquestionably an Arnold Schwarzenegger-looking motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time Oz... Oz the King of Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's a good way to put it. No, so she fights the vamp. She dusts him. Everyone watches her do it. Yeah. And Oz just takes it in fucking stride. So I had to stop and think about this for a minute, because the last time we really saw Oz was, what's my line, part two, where he gets shot by the Order of Taraka. Right. What did he think was happening? Did, Did they give him any kind of explanation? Did he just think it was a cop? Maybe. I don't remember how they tied that up with him. They didn't. I don't, they didn't. They just cut the scene. I don't understand how he doesn't know that there's anything going on. He's too cool to care. <laughs> uh, no, because in this scene, like, like he got, he's so cool that he got shot and he's like, it's just a graze and moves on. Yeah. Okay. Got shot in school. No, but the best part about this entire bit here is Xander starts explaining that vampires are real, blah, 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 and points to Willow and says, she'll explain it to you, and walks away, and Willow's like, ah, uh, and Oz is like, no, this explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was both great for his character and a fast and easy way to move the fuck on with the scene. Oh, yeah. I appreciated that on every level. Absolutely. And then so they open... Buffy opens the box, finds out that it's an arm. The arm attacks her and is choking her. Yes. Gets the arm off. They close the box. And... Angel just happens to know everything about it. Willow goes, what was that? And Oz just looked like an arm. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't catch that. That's funny. But yeah, this is when we learn about the judge. The judge was some ancient indestructible demon and they couldn't beat it. So they just dismembered it. Both uh, Giles and Angel know all about it. Sander had a fun quote here. He said, well, clearly it's the Hellmouth's answer to what do you get the Slayer who has everything? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I don't think he's wrong either. Right. I mean, what do you get the Slayer who has everything? Angel decides to run off with the arm to hide it because it's part of a demon that can't get no, reassembled. He doesn't decide it. Miss Calendar convinces him that he has to do it. All it's right. her idea. She proposes the idea and he fucking runs with it. No pun intended. <laughs> hey, All right, cool. I missed that little snippet. No, and she's like, I'll drive you to the docks right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, the scene happens pretty fast. Yeah. And so... Uh, Then we move on to Spike's lair, unless you had something more to say. Nope. Spike's lair. Spike (laughs) looks painfully bored in this scene. I don't know if this was on purpose or if James Marsters was just really painfully bored. See, 
I couldn't tell either, and that's not good. No. <laughs> that's not good, because for an actor as fucking talented as James Marsters, you don't want ever want him on screen looking bored. I think part of it is him being in a fucking wheelchair. We went over it earlier. It's supposed to make Drew look more empowered, but still, just from the perspective of good character choices, yeah, I don't appreciate what they did with Spike. But the nerd vamp lost the arm, and Drew wants to punish him, breaks his glasses, which were real glasses, by the way, but she decides to not because Spike says that while he is a wanker, he's the smartest one they got. Oh, yeah. I I, I got her quote. I liked... Oh. I did like what she said in this scene. She's like, make a wish. I'm going to blow out the candles. And then she nearly has a Joker moment. She's threatening to poke his fucking eyes out. <laughs> I, I rarely don't like Juliet Landau's performance, but I didn't... There was something unconvincing about her this episode. Yeah, there like really when she was. flipped out on the roses, and when she's like doing this catty, teasy thing with her fingers towards his eyes. I'm like, I don't believe it. She doesn't manage to play the half scene very well. Yeah, like she does the batshit crazy shit completely, really well. Completely bonkers, totally up her alley. Take away the completely aspect and suddenly it's exactly doesn't feel right. Exactly. And maybe it's just cuz that's what we're accustomed to seeing. Yeah, and, maybe. But but yeah, they give uh asshat nerd vamp a second chance. Yep. As they should. They really give him way too much shit for as much heavy lifting as he does. Right. It's like, this guy's a fucking asset to you. Why are you treating him so shitty? Here's the thing, though. He definitely pulled his weight here because Angel and Buffy go to the docks and he finds them. Yep. And recovers the fucking arm. And actually gets it back. That's badass. I mean, he did lose it in the first place, but I don't Still. see I don't see Spike and Drew out there trying to get it. No. To say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah. You're the slayer and we're like the slayerettes. Oh, please. So then we get the longest fucking goodbye scene ever. Ever. I did like the bit with the, the clada, the, god damn it, I can never say it right. The clada ring. The Clotta Ring. Oh, I didn't get the um, name of it. I wanted to... It's, it's it's an actual, like, Irish tradition. Okay. I wanted to do, like, a whole dramatic reading of this scene, but it was just too long. Yeah, I way was, too... I was like, I'm not writing this down. We don't have a long enough podcast for that no, shit. No, no, we don't. But if they didn't take so long to say goodbye, he'd have been on the fucking boat with the arm, and I'm just saying... <laughs> Maybe stop with your broody bullshit and get shit done. <laughs> well, fucking, it was Buffy's turn. <laughs> God damn it, Angel, I'm so broody. The thing what are is, we ever going to do if we can't holy... be together, Angel? I'm so broody, <laughs> Angel. The thing is, though, holy shit, Sarah Michelle Geller can fucking cry, dude. Yeah. Like... She was heart-wrenching to watch. Mm -hmm. She was so broody that she made Angel have to be the positive one. <laughs> right. That was impressive. Yeah. 
That in and of itself is an accomplishment. The bit of fight here with the vampires that show up, though, um, I wrote down, oh, right, karate, the best vampire gift that you get when you turn into a vampire. I know kung fu (laughs) because I'm a vampire. One of the vampires that's fighting Buffy is, like, doing roundhouse kicks and shit. Everybody was vampire fighting. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So. Oh, man. But they get the arm. Asshat nerd vamp runs away with the arm. Buffy gets thrown into the water. Angel leaps in after her. Yep. And that's the end of that, I guess, because they got their arm. Library. Library, I was a bit taken aback because the first thing said in this scene is Giles saying they should be back by now. And I'm like, what do you mean they? Angel was leaving. And then I realized, oh, yeah, Calendar took them there. Yeah. And then just left. Yeah. Just like, all right, Buffy, catch a bus. <laughs> right. Walk. Um, You're we get the a little- Slayer. You've got super speed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get a little bit more creepy Xander in this scene, too. Fucking Xander. Did you get his whole quote on this? I didn't. Because, okay. I just wrote fucking creepy Xander. So he goes on this fucking tirade where he is essentially imagining Buffy as a Denny's waitress and Angel being fat. Oh, right. And himself swooping in on a private jet to make Buffy cry. That was essentially what this speech amounted to. And it's disgusting. It made me want to vomit. Yeah. It made me want to kick Xander in the fucking testicles. Yes. Not not Nicholas Brendan. No. The actual character yeah. deserves to be kicked in the balls. Absolutely. It's like, dude, <laughs> you're still butthurt about Buffy. Yeah. You've, you've got Cordelia basically on all but on your hook. You completely fucked up anything you could have ever had with Willow, but she would still take you. Yep. Over Oz, even at this point. So and far. Currently. Yes. Currently. Not for long. No, not for much longer. No, sir. Not for long. Anyway, no, that was that was disgusting. So Giles goes into his speech about what he's learned about the judge. Only a true demon can survive his soul sucking process or something. And his touch, uh, his touch can literally burn the humanity out of you. A true creature of evil can survive the process no human ever has. And Xander, of course, cuts in with a vaguely redeeming comment. Uh, no problem. We send Cordy to deal with it and we all go for pizza. <laughs> I did appreciate that. Yes. But and you know what? That fits with where the character where Xander would have to be in a, in a headspace wise. That's exactly where his headspace is. You know, which is why he's being such a fucking creepy ass. He's pissed because he's been hurt by Cordelia. Um and so you know, the lesson learned from all this is don't misplace your aggression. Yeah. Like shitty high schoolers do. Yep. So, they all start hitting the books to research shit. Buffy falls asleep. On a desk. Yep, on a desk. And Giles, like, pulls Angel aside because they were about to talk in front of Buffy. And they wanted to give her some space so she could sleep. Yeah, Giles, like, yelled something and then shushes Angel immediately. (laughs) So, it's a funny bit here, though. They step aside Giles is like, oh, she's very tired. And and Angel's like, yeah, she hasn't been sleeping very well. (laughs) And everyone in the library turns and looks at Angel. And he's like, 
What? She told me she about told it. Me. They just <laughs> automatically assume he knows because they were sleeping together. Which, surprisingly, they have not. No. Which is the problem later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we go to the lair. Yeah. Um, I liked the music a lot. I I didn't. <laughs> I really didn't. Yeah, okay, even if it's not something that you would like listen to in your car or at home for fun, I thought it fit the scene. It did fit. I just didn't like it. Okay. It actually looked like a pretty decent party. It did. I mean, I don't think I would be really into the blood punch thing they had going on there, but <laughs> Well, you're not a vampire. <laughs> Don't knock until you try. So they put together the judge and talk about a failure of suspense. Once again, yeah. <laughs> they put together the judge and this dude walks out. Um, do you know who Ivan Ooze is? No. The very first Power Rangers movie okay. had Ivan Ooze was the bad guy and he's this purple dude. Okay. And he's like, has ooze monsters and all this. But the judge looks like Ivan Ooze crossed with Gozer, the or not Gozer, um, yeah, Gozer the Gozerian from Ghostbusters from Ghostbusters. 2. Yeah. Huh. Doesn't he? Like, the scene when... I'm not familiar with the Power Rangers character. I'd oh, I wish I could show you. But I, I can't, like turn things on yeah no just think purple okay. he's just purple but he looks a lot like gozer the gozerian okay at plus purple i thought you were gonna say it's like the same actor that played that character or something no no but as we established earlier i meant to look it up if if it's actually the guy that played luke it is it is it is it is erasmus it is hey welcome back erasmus we missed you Ah. <laughs> The judge. What the fuck? Old ancient demon speaks perfect fucking English. <laughs> Maybe he's got a babble fish. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you has a weight. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. But they kill... They let him kill the nerd vamp. Yeah. He fucking redeemed himself. And That's they, bullshit. And they were so fucking excited. Drew was so excited about it. Well, that... Uh, fine. But what the fuck? What the fuck? Well, you know, I think it's a metaphor for for how the elite are exploiting the masses' labor. <laughs> Obviously, once they've gotten what they need out of you, they don't care anymore and you're disposable. Yeah. And that's perfect analogy for that. Like, that started out as a joke, but I, I really mean that. Um, if you don't like my politics. So then the next scene. <laughs> Buffy has a plan. Yeah. A good plan. An ineffective plan because it relies on knowledge or the chance that they haven't already gathered and created the judge. Yeah. Let's run directly into the largest known, most powerful coven of vampires in Sunnydale. Great. But the so her and Angel are gonna go check out the scene and and scout ahead, so to speak. Yep. And everyone else is gonna look at shipping lanes and shit like that and figure out like what's coming in and out. And scouting ahead for some reason, which would have been a brilliant move had they known about this like four days ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. There. 
they're already too late, as we know, for as an audience, before they even leave. Buffy, next time, have your prophetic dreams a bit better on schedule. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> they're immediately fucking caught, yep. because... Erasmus the judge can fucking <laughs> can fucking sense humans. The return of Erasmus, uh, right up there with Return of the Jedi and Return of the King. Yep. God damn. Um, they immediately escape after being caught, <laughs> which is so the way they escape. <laughs> Can we chat it's, about that for a second? It's cartoonish as hell. So they drop <laughs> some TVs on the concrete floor that's like five inches thick. <laughs> that broke a hole big enough for them to crawl through. It's into the sewer. Into the sewer. With enough speed to be well ahead of all the vampires behind them. To hide behind a fucking metal creaky goddamn door. Yeah. As they run by. It's <laughs> fucking cartoonish. <laughs> like, you guys. <laughs> These vampires, they can't hear anything. <laughs> We're totally right behind this door and they don't even see us. Scoob. They crawl out of the fucking sewer to rain in California, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I've been in California. There's not that much rain ever. <laughs> I mean, even in the 90s? No. I feel like it was kind of a recent thing. Anyway, yeah, and they're all they're they're like, oh, we have to get we have to get out of the rain. It'll make me too broody buffy. The rain helps me brood. And they run back to Angel's house. Why they didn't go back to the library or something. They didn't even bother to lock the door behind them. No. Um I just wanna say that they they went to Angel's house and they ended up banging. Yep. And they just left Giles and the rest of them to continue looking for fucking packages. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's it matter? What are they going to do at this point? No. Think about it. They went to bang. The rest of the Scooby gang stayed up all fucking night in the library. <laughs> when they could have been make trying to research how to kill how to get rid of the judge yeah. or at least dismember him again yeah but instead they're looking for packages yeah that's fucking impressive <laughs> gerarg yeah that's the episode is this for me i must be ready i need my strength strength give, give, give me more nights i shall walk in hold on you've got something here huh? But yeah, the the last fucking moment is uh, Angel running out and oh yeah, screaming Buffy. <laughs> so somebody was recanting this episode to me a couple weeks ago because I knew it was coming. Yep. Nope, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that they were they were gonna hook up and Angel was gonna get his soul back. Okay, we don't know exactly that that's what's happening yet, but. There's enough evidence to make that assumption. Yeah. And they were making it sound like the spot where Angel yells out, Buffy is the moment of climax during oh. intercourse. And I was like, wow, that's so tacky. And I'm really relieved to see that that's not actually how it went down. Yeah. 
It's like because I that was going to be my main point of contention is if if what makes Angel so happy that he gets his soul back is an orgasm with Buffy, then I would question whether or not I still want to do this podcast. There are still (laughs) really ridiculous fucking implications to this because he's had plenty of moments where he's felt love for Buffy. Yeah. He's had plenty of moments where they've been very close and they, they loving, caring moments. The amount of like love they were expressing to each other on the fucking docks was monumental for fuck's sake. But no, the moment where he achieves pure happiness to where he loses his soul is when he gets fucking laid. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, that was the first... It was right before that that he said, I love you for the first time. And they did okay, both... Okay, I will take... I will accept that. And they did... No, I mean, you're still right. That's a completely valid point. It should have happened long before this. But also, it didn't happen at the point of climax. It happened while she was sleeping next to him. And I guess it was... It's more like a meter. It's... <laughs> Yeah. It was just kind of a buildup of satisfaction of his current situation, I guess. But still, it seems like they made it out to be like, oh, banging is pure happiness. Yeah. And ha- fuck that. Penis. Happy penis. Hap penis. She has a penis. In her. Oh my. <laughs> You can go ahead and cut that out. <laughs> That's so, a bad joke. Give us a call. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Let us know how you feel about that joke. It's 269-073. Oh, that's a bad joke. Oh, wait, no. 269-743-0783. Yeah, don't start giving out other people's phone numbers. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm cutting that out. Okay. Hap penis. <laughs> so, what's your quote of the day? My quote of the day. Oh, Spike had a fun one. Angel, when when they got caught towards in the last scene there, Angel was like, oh, he says, let her go. And Spike says, oh, yeah, that'll work. Now say pretty, please. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was probably the most Spike-like moment oh, yeah. in the entire episode. And he, he follows that up with, and I didn't write this down, but he follows it up with something along the lines of, Angel's like, no, take me, let her go. Yeah. And he he says, oh, this isn't an either or. This is a who goes first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they tied it up well. They did. Or at least they, they gave Spike a better moment towards the end. My quote of the day is the entire fucking scene between Oz and Willow of asking each other out. What was your favorite part of that scene? Oh, definitely the... I like that you're unpredictable. Just because... Okay. It the delivery on it was fucking spot on. It was. It it felt genuine like oh shit. Well, I like that. <laughs> right? So, overall, how'd you feel about the episode? I thought it was fucking boring. <laughs> I I caught myself a couple of times just not being able to pay attention as well. Oh god. There was way too much like okay, yeah, we want Buffy and Angel to be happy and romantic and stuff, but just oh my god, you're dragging it out. Dude, it's filler. It's filler. 
the le- the end of the fucking episode. Listen to this. From the moment that Buffy mentions that she has a plan with Giles, I literally wrote down Buffy has a plan. They're caught. They escape. Oh, look, Rain and Callie. Oh, they bang. <laughs> that was the entire ending of my fucking notes because the 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 whole build up to this was just fucking boring. Yeah. No suspense with the judge. Way too much time on the lovey-dovey stuff with with Angel and Buffy. And in that last scene, like I had I had a few more notes than that, and it was still like I was reaching. So Angel yeah. says, "Here, put these on and get under the covers just to warm up." <laughs> we know there's so much sexual tension going on here this whole episode. Or, or at least they're trying to make it palpable. They're laying it on too thick. Really thick. Like, hey, go get into the bed where I'm not going to bang you tonight. Um, And then they banged. It, weird. Yeah. <laughs> God, ew. <laughs> Fucking gross. That's some good mac and cheese. No, they could have at least played it off where, like, she's a 17-year-old girl. She wants to bang. Oh, she, yeah. Her hormones are a fucking mess. Absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine being even vaguely horny at the age of 250 or 42 or 200. Right. 200 anything. Yeah. At that point, you know, you've had so much sex that you're just like, can I just get some sleep already? You know, I'm at the age of 34 and I'm already kind of starting to get there. <laughs> um, God. <laughs> Uh, I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, well, that's good, Rex. I don't want to talk about your problems either. <laughs> Especially not on the air where people are going to listen to it publicly. <laughs> I'm so broody, Rex. So this has been Beer with Buffy. You know, find us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. Review us on iTunes. Email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can now call us, much to my dismay, at 269-743-0783. As always, thank you to Ben, our wonderful composer. And now you can find us on Patreon under Beer with Buffy, where you can buy us a beer. You can buy us a beer and help us keep this show going. Help us keep the lights on. Yep. If you want. So this has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. I'm the motherfucking T-Rex! God damn it. Yeah. Yeah.
What have we done? Why are we watching this? <laughs>